everybody. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Emerge Church. Come on in, everybody. You guys can come in and grab a, grab a chair and stuff there. We're going to stand up and we're going to worship. Robert's going to lead us in worship today. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the little treat of coffee. If you haven't gotten your coffee yet, they'll be here for another 15 minutes. And then they're going to the Hand Coffee Wellness Center. Uh, we're going to give away free drinks at the Hancock Wellness Center for everybody that walks up to it. And so Hancock Wellness Center is incredibly excited that they're going to be able to offer these free drinks. And so they're going to walk away with this Jesus loves you card. And it's going to come from Emerge Church. So thank you guys for your generosity. You guys are the ones that have contributed to that. And so it's an awesome way for us to get back to the community, impact those that are around us. And so we're going to just stand up here. We're going to worship. I'll pray. And then we'll get started. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to come here and to worship you and to show honor and respect. And Father, thank you for this place, this, this space right here, Father. This is the holy ground. And so we're just going to spend this time just lifting your name high. And we're going to learn more about you today. So Father, as we're worshiping you, just remove these distractions. Let it be a time, an intimate time of worship and just increase our relationship with you. Father, may we see you in a new way today. We just say thank you in advance. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Whoops. That is not right. Your name is light. Your name is hope inside me. Hope inside me. Your name is love. touch the hurting this morning. Those that are battling depression, anxiety, fear. We lift them up to you this morning, God. Bring your peace. Bring your comfort, God. Help us to reach out 
to care, to love, uh, to bring freedom. Help us to be your people, to love one another. that are still with us here, they can go ahead and go back with Miss Liz. The parents can drop them off back there. We've expanded our kids to kindergarten, and soon we're going to be going on up in ages. And as we go on up in ages, we're going to need more people to volunteer alongside of us. So we're excited about where we're going with that. And as, as many uh, volunteers that we have, is the how fast that area will grow. And so we've got some great men that are jumping in to help teach the young ones and set that example and leading them well. And so it's pretty exciting to see. So Miss Christina's going to be walking around handing out the activity kits for you kids. I'll go with those in just a minute, but you make sure you grab that from her. She didn't drop it off so you guys can see that. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed the coffee truck. I know I did. Yes. It was amazing. Um, it is now packing up. She's heading over to Hancock Golden Center, as I mentioned earlier. Some of you weren't here, um, but we're going to go bless those that are in there working out. As they come out of the facility, they're going to get a free drink on behalf of all of us and be on behalf of your generosity. So thank you so much for being a part of that. And um, it's just our way to go and be in the neighborhood and just to show love. You know, when you walked up to that truck, I don't know if you guys saw the prices, but it's anywhere between like $3 to $6 a drink. And all she did is she just handed you a drink at the price that already been paid. And that's just a way for us just to show God's love to those that are going to be walking up that truck. So it's pretty awesome. Uh, so again, thank you for your generosity to be able to do that. Um, child dedication is going to be on March 28th. So if you haven't had a child dedicated and you'd like to, uh, make sure you go out and sign up. If you're on our email list, you can see the link. We'll post something on social media as well. Maybe you haven't had your child dedicated. It can be all the way up to, you know, third, fourth grade if you want to. Um, but it is a chance for you as parents to say before the church and before family and friends that I'm going to raise my child to love the Lord. And we don't do anything at child baptism because we want that's a personal decision. After you have a relationship with Jesus, you decide to go and get baptized. So the, the, journey, the, the journey of parenthood is to raise your kids up to disciple them. That's why we're giving these activity kids. So you can walk through the story that we're going to go through today and teach them all throughout the week. And then also, you're just going to teach them on all, all different levels, do devotions at nighttime or at dinner time, and just continue to point them to Jesus. And so what it is for the child dedication is for us to be able to say before everyone, Hey, I'm going to raise my child to love the Lord, and I'm asking you all to come and help me. And that's what we're here for as a body of believers is to help each family member meet them where they are and to carry them on to help them to be able to raise these kids up to love. You know, people back there serving, my wife's back there serving right now and teaching those young kids. They're going to go through the same story that we're going through. And so now you can just touch base on this story about Paul or Shudd and his son. We'll go through that in just a minute. Uh, so the second week, uh, this is the second week of the church group that we're in this week. This is week number two. 
We've got two more weeks, and then we're going to be at Easter. Can you believe it? Easter's three weeks away. Unbelievable. This year it's flying, and um, I cannot believe it. It just, my parents would always be looking at me and like, come on, why are you taking so much time? Why are you, what? You know, my parents always said, my dad always said, you know, time flies. As I get older, man, time flies. It flies, it goes fast. And when you blink an eye and it's over your back. And so, we've got Easter coming up, and I just want to make you guys keep that on the radar. The radar. Last week we did uh, Proclaiming the Gospel, where we covered the four W's. And kids, do you remember what we covered last week? Anybody remember the story that we covered last week? Yes, we did Simon, the magician, as adults. And then the kids' story was about a eunuch. Anybody remember who was with that eunuch? I think I heard Philip. I heard Philip. Yes. Last week, that's what the kids learned. The Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Ethiopian eunuch. And um, how he just came alongside and he taught them the gospel. And then Philip baptized him and then got him. Which is pretty awesome. So, real, real quick, like I just mentioned just a minute ago, as we're getting into this, we're going to open up to Acts 9 and we're going to read 1 through 20. But before we go there, I just kind of want to touch base on Saul. So, Saul is also known as Paul. It's not a name change, he was, he was also known as. And you, I've heard growing up that Saul became Paul when he became a believer, but that's not true. Saul and Paul, he went by both names. And so Saul is in this story, and we saw Saul, Saul, Saul. Come on, Saul, 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 see Saul, sore, I don't know. Okay, seashells, shorts, I don't know, I'll keep going. Um, I'll stop, I mean, <laughs> don't want to just go through that. Um, but anyway, we, we saw the man Saul. There we go. I can do it when I, when I hit pause. We saw the man Saul. Previously, when Stephen was being stoned, remember everybody laid their cloaks down before him. And so we see that Saul was right there when Stephen was murdered. One of the, the pillars of our faith, the very first one to be martyred, uh, to die for the Christian faith. And so Saul was there. And what he was, and most people think that he's against the church. He's not against the church. He was, a, he was in love with the church of the Jewish way. That's who Saul was. He was loving the ways. He was a, a pillar of the faith on that side. He was holding out all of the different aspects of the Jewish faith and customs. And so what he was coming against was the religion or the ways, what they call it, the Jesus and the gospel. So that's, that's the variance you can see. It's not that he didn't like Christianity, that he didn't know God, that he didn't have a relationship with God, didn't understand them. It's that he was trying to stop the way or the gospel, the good news of Jesus. That was what his mission is, and that's what we're going to read about as he's getting ready to head out. And so he was a devoted Jew, a good, godly man, and he was part of the Sanhedrin. He was holding up the pillars of faith back in that time. And so he was not against God at all. And some people confuse that and think that he was against God. It's not. He was for God. He just didn't understand Jesus. And that's how we can all be throughout our life. And that's kind of what we're going to see here. We can, we can know God, but not have a relationship with Jesus. We can see the rules, the regulations, the laws, the rituals, and fall in love with those, 
but not have a true relationship with Jesus. And so that's where we're going to see this story kind of go out throughout. And so if you guys want to open up to Acts 9, verses 1 through 20 is what we're going to read here. I'm in the NIV version, if you want to open up and uh, join along. Um, but I'm going to pray before I open up his word and start reading. Because I know, and I, I know the Holy Spirit will reveal something to you uh, in these words. And it may not be, maybe something I say, maybe something you read, but we always want to give honor to, to our Father for these words. So Father, thank you so much for this ability to open up your scriptures. Holy Spirit, we ask that you just bring something new into each and every one of us, and that you'll just reveal something to us as we're reading your words that are inspired by you to help us just to go do, be, and grow deeper in love with you. And so, Father, we say thank you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Acts 9. I'm going to read verses 1 through 20, and then we're going to come back to it here at the end. And so, last week, like I said, we were doing Simon the Sorcerer and also the kids were doing so this is kind of just the continuation. And so here we are. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked for letters to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any that were that belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners in Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, I underline suddenly, Suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he replies, Who are you, Lord? That's what Saul said. Who are you, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. So he had traveling with Saul. This is this is pretty impressive right here. They stood there speechless. You see, they heard the voice, but they couldn't understand it. They saw what happened, but they didn't understand truly what happened. And so they were speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone around. Saul got up from the ground. But when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind. He did not eat. And he did not drink anything. I don't mind three days. We'll come back to that. Three days. You're right. He was born too. Uh, verse 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go. Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. How accurate is that? Judas on Straight Street. I love that. Straight Street. He's sitting salt the street. And ask for uh, a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is their prey. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Verse 13. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Verse 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. That's a tough task, isn't it? Yeah. Go. Go to someone that's going to persecute you, that's going to attack you, that is going to come after you in the midst of what's going on. And you have a choice. He has a choice here to be obedient or to 
very different path. Jesus said here is, go, this man is my chosen instrument. I underline and I circle that one. Chosen instrument. He is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. That's an impressive vision. It's actually a double vision if you look at it because Ananias is in a vision getting revealed to what Paul or Saul is seeing in his vision as well. It's pretty impressive. Verse 17, then Ananias went to the house and entered. Can you imagine how Ananias was feeling at this point in time? Walking into this house, not knowing what's going to happen on the other side of it, but feeling Yeah, he was very nervous. He was petrified, I'm sure. I would have been. I don't know that I would have gone there. Even if God said go. I've been in that place. I'm sure you all have too. Where you've heard go or go do or be. And you just sat back and not done it. But he's done it. He's doing it. So he went to the house and he entered. And he placed his hands on Saul. And he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here. So he was setting the stage, telling him that he knew where he came from. He knows where he is. Knew where he was at the point that it happened to him. You're coming here. He has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and he was baptized. How awesome is that? He got up and was baptized right away. And after taking some food, then he regained his strength. And going on just a little bit into this, Saul spent several days with the disciples at Damascus, so he spent the time learning, sitting at the feet of those that were in authority above him, that had spent a relationship, and spent the time with Jesus so he could learn more, so he could go and teach. And then it says, at once, verse 20, and that's where I'm going to stop at. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And he goes on to say, all who heard were astonished. So he was going back into all the synagogues and he was going back and, and preaching and teaching the good news of Jesus when he had been a Jew and a, a, a zealot, a, he was just zealous for the faith. He was up there lifting up God's rules, rights, and rituals, and now he's doing God's love for Jesus' love and preaching the good news and reaching those that he was ultimately on the same team as. So God used him as the chosen instrument to go back and to teach, to tell others, to get them to change over and make the, make the move. And so here at the beginning of this, if you notice, we start reading about Damascus. And I, I pulled some information on Damascus because I thought it was interesting that they'd say that he's going off to Damascus and taking a look at where Damascus was. So it's one of the oldest cities in the world. And it's in where it is right now. It's the capital of Syria. And the oasis sits on the edge of the Syrian desert. And so that... It is a place where there's life, there's growth, there's economy, commerce. You see it bustling with life. You, you see it when we read there that there's many synagogues that are in that area. So the Jewish faith is strong. There are many synagogues all throughout. And so there's a place where you see new life and growth and a place that kind of gives you respite from that desert as you're going through. A place where you get the, get the nourishment, you can get anything that you need. From that city. And so that's where they were heading. And so that was a one of those cities that were very influential in the time. 
And so for God to be sending Saul there to change all those Jews is pretty impressive. And choosing us to be able to choose Saul, who's also known as Paul, to be his instrument, his chosen instrument, to go and impact all those lives. And so you'll see that Damascus plays just a significant role, and you can see it in some of the Old Testament stories, you can see it in the New Testament stories. And it also is just where he has that dramatic encounter on the road to Damascus. And so the very first time that Damascus is mentioned, actually, is Abraham's rescue of Lot. Um, it's kidnapped by the Confederation of the Mesopotamian Kings. I'm having a hard time with some words today. I need a little more coffee, I think. Um, but that's where it's first mentioned in the Old Testament, really, Abraham. And so there, it's going on, and just saying that here in the New Testament, it is a pillar, it is a place where everyone is coming and everyone is going from. And so it's a great way to see where the gospel can be spread and then go back out into the surrounding areas. And it's just an awesome way just to look at it. It's a great place for the Holy Spirit to be revealed, right? So let's look at this reading in the context of the complication of the gospel, because that's what we're talking about today, the complication or confronting of the gospel, and how it can impact each and every one of us, how it can direct us. In, and I, my notes are pretty simple on this one. There's three points. That's it. Feel free to go out and get the sermon notes if you want, um, and you can take a look at them. But there's only three different points. I want you guys to be just thinking, praying about how this is impacting and how what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Because there, there's different aspects here within this story that apply to us on many different levels. And I actually have a, a, an encounter and story with each one of them that has impacted my life over the time. So the very first one that we see is blinded by the lights. So blinded by the lights. That's that's what Saul is. He's blinded by the lights. He's impacted it. And you can see he's here directly from God in heaven. And Jesus calling out and saying, Paul, or Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is interesting as only Saul can understand. Only Saul can truly understand the words. The others can hear it, but they couldn't understand it. It's like they had um, their own shell of their ears, right? They couldn't hear it. They could, it was like a mumbled sound. They couldn't understand what Jesus was saying to them. So can you imagine all those guys that are traveling to Saul? They're like, Saul is our leader. He's mount, marching off, taking the lead, and now he's had this experience, this change. He's coming away blind. He's coming away impacted. He's coming away completely changed, and he's unable to see and go on his own. So now, instead of him leading him, they're going to go lead him down the road and take him to where he needs to go so they can sit and wait so he can rest, so he can pray. And so it's it's really interesting just to see it's a humbling experience for Saul. Right? An absolutely humbling experience because he is on the top of the food chain and now he's having to be helped and carried by those others that are right around him. And you know, it's one of those things I wrote down here, it's kind of applicable to us. We try to go on our own power and then we'll hit roadblocks because we try to go around what the Holy Spirit's doing, what God's telling us. We power out, we try to power through, we try to go, 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 go. And when you do it in your own power, it's, it's fruitless. It's just like running your wheels in mud. I saw our neighbors stuck in the mud the other day. Their, their wheels are sunk and spinning. And that's how it is if you're running out of God's coverage, out of the Holy Spirit's direction. And so this is just a humbling experience that we all can kind of go through. 
Well, excuse me, Saul remains mining for three days. Makes me think of some other stories. Kids, do you remember any stories about three days? Maybe somebody in the belly of a belly of a whale, yes. Who's that? Anybody remember who's in the belly of a whale? Jonah, yes. Who's there for three days? You got it. Are you reading my notes? No, I love it. This is amazing. Yes. Jonah was in the belly of the whale. Jesus was in the tomb for three days. And so this three days of quiet, of silence, of solitude is another way to look at what those guys were on the journey. Because you see Jonah going on his own power and saying, no, I'm not listening to you, God. I'm going this way. Pops on a boat. The storm comes flooding through, right? The seas raging. They're like, he's like, throw me off. And he sits in the belly of the whale. And so that's kind of where Saul is right now, which is at home. He's sitting there in silence and solitude and, and loneliness and praying and trying to figure out and understand where am I? What am I doing? And now he's God's chosen instrument to go forward. And you guys already mentioned Jesus, which we all know that. You know, if you look at this story, it kind of points us back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. It says, in the beginning there was light. And light is the start. Light is the start for all of us. To bring light into the darkness. That's what we're called to be, is light into the darkness. And to be able to go out and live in light, live in his light. To go out and be his hands and feet and truly be out there and reach out. That's why we're sitting in that coffee truck. We're going to be a light to somebody because they're going to come away with a big smile, right? I've had a free drink. It's, it's amazing. A smile changes everything along the way as well. So Damascus Road experience, many of you have heard of, many of the people have had conversions. So you can either come to faith in a desperation moment or a integral moment in your life, kind of like Saul, he's blinded and then he comes to faith. Or you can have a slow transition of a faith and, and growing your knowledge and then putting your trust in Jesus. And I'm more glad. I, I grew up in a church, I don't know that, I think I was a baby basically born in church, um, and was there maybe missed a couple Sundays a month, um, a year, all throughout my life, all the way through high school. My parents were like, you can do anything you want on Saturday night, you can go be at church on Sunday morning. Cool. Even if I had a basketball game, we had my eyes up and down um, at, at church at Sunday school, and I'm so grateful that I had that. And so I gave my life to Christ when I was five or six. I remember in the bedroom with my mom talking through it and sitting and praying the prayer. And so I had the head knowledge, but I never had the heart knowledge. I was kind of going through the motions. I was living off my own parents' faith. I was living off all the family that was there and just continuing down through life. And I had this desire to have a deeper relationship, but it was just a little blurry for me. So I finally got baptized when I was 18, right before I was going off to college. I'm like, this is the best time. And I didn't want to get baptized in this old pond, this mucky, muddy pond. And I'm like, I'm not going in there. Um, so that kind of pushed me away. But I ended up getting baptized in a pool in the backyard of the Henry's. I remember their, their pool. I remember that day my youth pastor baptized me. I could still see it. And um, it was just an, an awesome time and transition. And then I went on to college. And that's when I'm like, oh, I've been living off my parents' faith, and I don't have my own. 
I don't have a true relationship with Jesus. And that just started the journey and a deeper relationship. So I had all the head knowledge. I could recite every single story. I could recite almost half the Bible. Like, I could do all that. The, the rites, the rituals, the regulations, right? That's what it was. To me, it was all black and white. The law. Where I didn't have that love. And so that's when I, when everything became clearer and a true love for Jesus, the ability to come into that relationship. And so that's that's where I was. And that's the, that was that, oh, this is Jesus. And I kind of saw it's going through. Oh, this is Jesus. And now it's going out and spreading the good news. So whether you're like Saul or you're like me, we're all on the same journey. We're all in different aspects of this journey. Into, we're all on this journey together. And it's so awesome to be a part of it. So like Saul, we do not bargain. We do not negotiate. We don't come halfway. Our response is obedience. We need to be obedient to what we're called to. Like Ananias, it's called to go into a situation we didn't want to. It's called to go and do. And when God truly touches our hearts, our only response can be, Lord, may your will be done. That's basically the experience that Saul had. That your will be done and use me to do it. So we have a blinding moment or the moment of change, that moment that we take pause of what we're doing. It's that moment that we're confronted with a blinding reality of what's in front of us. Maybe it's something in your life right now, it's it's recognizing where and what it is to get some clarity around it. Maybe you need some clarity in the midst of that process. So next, let's look at a challenging confrontation. So this is where we see Ananias, right? This is where he is challenged. This is where the rubber meets the road. Um, so this is the challenging confrontation. Uh, the first one was the, the challenge of the blinding light, right? So that was a challenge for Saul, for those that are around him. Um, and that could be where we are. Or you could be like Ananias. You could be sitting here. And you could be sitting here. And God's time to go say something. God's time to go do something. Maybe God's time to go forgive something. Maybe God's time that you need to go and be and go and do. Right? So just the other day, um, one of our kids was over at neighbors and they're having some fun and telling them all about this amazing fishing trip that he's going to go on and that. Dad's the best cook, can cook the best fish, and catch all kinds of fish. It's going to be amazing and fantastic, and you got to go. And so then I received a text message from the parents. I heard about this amazing trip that you're going to go on. And I'm like, oh no. Who told? You know, I, I immediately had that reaction like, oh no. Why? No, I, no, no. No, I'm not gonna. No, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. No, and then God's like, yes. Oh, so next time I see him, he said, "We're going to the Canada Vision. Would you like to join us?" And um, that was a hard, hard transition for me because I'm like, I, this is something that Jesus like, no, say it, Holy Spirit, say it, invite, it. let them come along because they need to experience that. They need to see. Part of it. And so I had one of those Ananias moments where I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. But I'm like, oh, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do it. 
And um, so, my, my biggest thing is, nope, 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 I kept hearing about Kurt. But Kurt. Come on. But it really went well. Like, the conversation, and I, I hope they come with us. I don't know if they will or not, but I hope they do. Um, but it is a, it was a humbling experience for me because I was being kind of prideful and proud and self-enclosed as opposed to being welcome and open on my own. And so, guys, I need prayer. I need prayer on different things like that. I'm, I'm just, I'm no different than you. I need prayer to be able to be yield to the Holy Spirit, to be able to follow and trust and to hear and react and to be able to go out and do because sometimes my head gets in the way over my heart and the leading of the Holy Spirit. So you can do that. You can if you if you let your head get in the way, it's going to impede your faith journey all the way through. You're going to miss a lot of things along the way. So I'm just sharing that. Maybe it's something that's resonating with you. Maybe it's something that um, you need to hear. Let's go back to Ananias. Let me get back to where where I was. What do we see here? We see God speaking to Ananias in a clear vision, so clear that. He sees a double vision, right? He sees what Saul sees, and Jesus reveals to him exactly where he's supposed to go on to go see Judas on Straight Street, where we're going to set him straight. Not Judas this time. I don't know which Judas this is. No one really knows which Judas this is, but it is setting him straight, setting Saul straight. And so that's where they go. You see God challenging Ananias out of his comfort zone to go there and lay his hands on That's amazing. To be able to go to someone that's persecuted you, someone that's putting hate out there that will arrest you and take you back. But you're going to them and you're showing love, you're showing joy, and you're showing peace and really being in obedience, going in obedience. And so that's what we see Ananias doing. He's walking in obedience, and I'm sure he's fearful. I'm sure he's fearful. I'm sure he's saying, no, no, not like I was earlier. No. But if you walk and do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do, you'll see amazing things. You'll see amazing things. You'll see your faith grow. You'll step out into areas that you never step out into. You'll see people change and impact and lives being changed. And that's what it is right here. Just think if Ananias wouldn't have said yes, and Saul and Paul, how do you want to look at him? He wouldn't have spread the gospel all over. If he would have said no, he would have missed that opportunity to see what's happened and what happened. Yeah, God, God's still sovereign and he's going to create to happen. So Ananias had the opportunity to say, no, maybe someone else said no before. But Ananias said yes. And he went and did and laid his hands on him and just seeing the Holy Spirit being laid upon Saul, his eyes opened and immediately baptized. How amazing is that? Just wow, wow. Life truly transitioned, and life truly changed. And so it's one of those things that the Holy Spirit is empowering, and the Holy Spirit can empower us to go, do, and be his hands and feet. All right, the last one is a new life. So, what do we see out of this? So the confrontation of the gospel was pushing Ananias out of his comfort zone. It was the boldness of the Holy Spirit going before him and empowering the believers, right? That's what we've been studying and looking at in the Books of the Book of Acts, as we go on, that everyone is being empowered by the Holy Spirit and going out. 
we don't see all these different levels of details in these stories. Luke's a great storyteller. Luke wrote all of Acts, if you didn't know. Luke is a fantastic storyteller. And so he's laying out all this information and pulling you into the story and laying in all these intricate details. But we don't see the level of detail of what happened in Ananias afterwards, do we? We don't see him walking away and seeing a new life change in that perspective of the gospel. We don't see that. We don't see the new level of faith and obedience and how Ananias' life has changed. But I can tell you it was. Just like anybody. When you, when you take those steps out, when you share the faith, when you build a relationship with those that are far from God and you see them raised in life, it's an amazing transition that you will not ever forget. We see that Paul, uh, Saul was changed immediately, and we see the new life of him as he goes forth and boldly proclaims the gospel. He boldly confronts the old ways of the Jewish tradition, and he falls deeper in love with Jesus. We see that Saul is impacting all those around him in this countryside and each of the sides and all around, and continuing just to go on. And you know that the new life. This, this aspect made me think of one of my stories. One, one night I was doing a uh, funeral, and um, a funeral of a pastor that really impacted many, many lives. Very humble person. Some of you know him. He was, he was a pastor, an old retired pastor that went all over the country. And I had the honor of being able to do his funeral and around the family and all that we did. And it's such an amazing, humbling experience. And the wife came to me and she gave me a, a tip at the end of it. And um, I'm like, okay, thank you. You don't have to do that. But she's like, no, I insist. How many people did that for my husband? I want to live for you. Okay, I'll take it. And so I go on and we're moving out of our house at this point in time. We're moving the very next day. So I drive down to 38th and Post Road. In the middle of the night, it was 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night in a really bad area of the town. Um, and I pull into the parking lot, I lock my car up, I go to get the rental car, the rental truck, uh, the moving truck. And as I'm hopping into the truck, I hear someone yell, Hey, hey, stop, stop. Don't go. We need your help, help, help. And I'm in my mind, like, it's a dark parking lot. I am here by myself. What's going to happen? I feel like I'm going to get ambushed from behind. I'm like, my mind's going and racing all over the place. And I'm like, no. And then I, I close the door and I get my phone and I have it dialed and I go on, honestly. And I'm sitting there and I hear the Holy Spirit say, go. No, no. It's like, go. All right, I'm sure. <laughs> I really don't want to. I'm scared right now. He said, go. And so I got out, I locked the car up, and I got down. And this mom and son came up, and she's like, my car is rattling. It's, I can't drive it. It's, there's something wrong. And the son comes up, and I started talking to him. And so then it proceeds, and I stay there with him for an hour and a half, or maybe two hours before the truck came out of the record room. And um, just talking to him and going through it, and I pulled out the and this lady gave me a tip. And I said, I want you to have this. And she started crying. It was the exact amount of money that she needed to spend on the, the football soccer leagues for her son. The exact amount of money. 
And she's like, I didn't know how I was going to be able to pay that price. And she started bawling, and she's like, how can I ever, ever repay you? I said, I just want to take your son out to lunch. And then he started crying. And so when he started crying, I'm like, what's going on, buddy? He's like, just this morning I was praying and asking that a pastor would invest in my life. See, I would have missed this blessing if I would have said no. I stepped out of my comfort zone. I went in and I did. And I'm not saying to tell my own or to my own Please don't take it out of me. But what I did was I took that time to share the good news, to be his hands and feet, to show the love of Christ. And then I had the chance to baptize that kid about a year later. Because I would go and have breakfast with him. I teach him that, Jesus. He's like, I want to be baptized. Let's go. Let's go. I'm still in a relationship with him. He texts me every once in a while. Um, he's like, I'm going to come up to your church. I'm going to go up to your church. I'm like, Whatever. You live a long ways away. Not that big of you. But I would drive an hour down to pick him up on the south side. I'd go have breakfast with him. He loved to eat at IHOP, put ketchup on his, on his uh, omelets. He's like, it's amazing. I'm like, you can have it. I'll see that. But I invested that time. He came and he hung out with me all throughout the time. We would just do life together. And it was just an awesome time just to experience and be with him. And guys, that's what we need to do. Our next door neighbor that we never talk to, we need to reach out. We need to invite them on a mission trip. Someone that's on the side of the road, we need to stop and help. All these families that are walking in now that Hancock Wellness Center, they're going to get a, a cup of coffee because you've got to join us. We, we can't sit here and expect people to come to us. No one's going to come. We have to go out and reach. We have to go and invite. We have to go and spread the good news. And build that relationship, and then they will come. I can put signs up all over the place. I can say free dinner afterwards and buy everybody a meal. I can do whatever. They show up once, but if they don't have a relationship with anybody sitting in these seats, you might not sit down. Right? So I, that's my challenge to you out of all of this. And, you know, make the Holy Spirit saying something different to you. But I don't know. I don't know. Of course I don't know. The Holy Spirit knows and you know what's, what he's saying to you. And I hope that you just take this and that you will just go and do from it. So let me pray and we'll finish off here. Father, thank you this opportunity just to be here in your presence. Father, to remove all the obstacles and the distractions and, Father, for us to be able just to sit in your presence and to open up your scripture and to read your words and to be inspired by the boldness of faith and the transition of life and the change and, and your growth and how you just impact each and every one of us and, and all those in this, in this Bible. All these words are inspired by you. All these things have happened. And you are the center of life. And so we just say thank you. And we, we say thank you for the fact that we have access to the Holy Spirit. And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to go and do. As long as we remove all these barriers, as long as we remove what's covering up our eyes. Because we're trying not to see, or our, or our ears, we're trying not to hear, and our hearts, and we're trying not to be just turned. So God, help us to open up our minds and our hearts our ears, our eyes, let our hands and feet just be yours. So that we can go and truly 
impact this world for you and, and make you known and make you famous even more than what you already are. Because there are so many people that have a bad taste of Christianity, a bad taste of church, and they're just drifted far away. So we just, we just ask that you help us to impact those lives. That we'll be able to truly see lives change and people pointed to you and more churches planted and more more believers doing community and life and and, and and the community around and doing life together. And so Jesus, we just ask that you be with us. So Father, there's something that you're whispering to each one of us. There's a challenge that's before each and every one of us. There's a name that's coming to mind. There's a family that's coming to mind. There's a, a next step that's coming to mind and you're challenging us to take. So Father, empower us, guide us, be with us. Let us go and be obedient to what you're calling us to do. And let us go and be. Now, Father, for uh, some of you that may be listening, there's maybe people listening to my voice right now that don't have a relationship with you. And I just, I want to give you that opportunity. Maybe this is your solid all moment. So if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer. So Jesus, I love you. I love the fact that you've given me this time to come here before you. Father, I don't know much right now, but I know that what I'm doing is not what you're calling me to do. So I just want to say, I love you, Jesus. I want to say that I, I believe that you died and you rose again. And I want to call you my Lord and Savior. And while I don't know all the, the steps and everything, is not real clear right now. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. And I ask that you just be with me. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, for every person, I pray that prayer for every person that is being pushed and guided. Father, I just ask that you continue to be with each person. That you put people in their past, that you put people to come alongside of them to help them on this journey, uh, this faith journey that we're all on. And God, we just ask that you just be with us. So Father, we say thank you, we say we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for being here today. You can see some of the announcements on the um, on the announcement um, on the gathering guide. You can see multiple things. Youth, I forgot to mention at the beginning, there's some slides up there that you saw. We have the uh, amazing race youth conference coming up. And so we're going to need some families to help volunteer. We've got rent to youth. You saw my email coming out. Um, who doesn't want to rent a youth, really? Um, have to come out and do all the paperwork for you. Um, some of the kids said they need to pick up some dog food. Um, I'm like, all right, go for it. So they're wanting to raise some money to help offset costs. And so um, I sent an email out. If you don't want to hire a student and just want to give some money towards it, feel free to click on that link. You can donate, and it'll go straight towards the kids uh, so they'll have that ability. Uh, March. 27th, there's going to be pruning here. The youth are going to serve and they're going to go out with the staff here at the Angel Vineyard. They're going to go in the vineyard and prune all the trees, uh, prune all the vines. And, and it's just a great way for them to give back. And we have just a multitude of other things that are going on. You can see all the other stuff. Um, but really, I just want to say thank you for all, all of you being here. I want you guys have a great week. And oh, yeah, communion's in the back. I, I still work on that one. Communion's on the table in the back if you want to take communion this week on your own. Um, and it's back there for you to take as well. You can take it with you throughout the week ahead. So thanks for being here, guys. Love you so much.